and welcome to Ion Oakland. I'm Chuck Moss, your host, coming to you through the magic of, well, it's StreamYard, not Zoom, same deal. We have a great guest, Tara Moon, who is the director of the Bloomfield Township Library. Hello there. Hello. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you here. Uh, I don't want to date the show, but we just had some snow coming down, so I heard that uh, nice warm place. The library is a great place to be, but before we do, let's just jump right in. What's going on at the Bloomfield Township Library? Well, Chuck, it's been about three years since the pandemic upended everything but library service, um, obviously, and we are really back and fully back in operation. Um, we're busier than ever before, it feels like. Um, when I walk around the library, I see chairs packed, and it's just so good to see everybody back. Um, you know, we've had, speaking of weather, when we had those uh, bad storms in March when power was out for several days on end. The library did not lose power, and it was a good thing because we were able to be a warming place for people. We could help people charge their devices. I know we hosted many a Zoom and Teams call, so we were just packed during those couple of days. So we're glad to be that for the community. Yeah, well, we had our, our weekly Friday ice storm, basically. Uh, yeah, that was good. I, you know, we never lost power, fortunately. But, uh, you know, well, I actually lost for about five seconds. I thought, oh, here we go. But no, we we're good. So what's, uh, you know, I did just some quick stuff. How big is the library? How many books? You know, what, let's, let's get a size. It's a, it's a very major facility. It is a very big building. Our building is 102,000 square feet. We have two floors, a main level and a lower level. On the lower level um, is only meeting rooms, so um, it's not the most exciting place, but they're very, very well used by the public. Our collection, oh gosh, you're, you're, um, you're stumping me here. It's a little over 375,000 items in our whole collection. That's books, DVDs, CDs, plus a lot of non-traditional library items in the form of different kinds of kits. We even have a skeleton you can check out. I can check out the skeleton? You can, yes. Is, is this like a life-size uh, skeleton? Yes, it's part of our STEM collection kit. So STEM for science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, and it is a skeleton you can check out if you want to learn about anatomy. Uh, could I, I could check him out on a, uh, like a Friday and uh, drive around with him in my convertible. I could if do that's that. What, yes. No judgment, Chuck. Now I got, uh, we got, I could take him down with my wiener dogs. That'd be good. You know, I, actually, I've got skeletons that I put outside the house on on Halloween. So maybe you could go meet some friends. Could go over to Dairy Mat. So you now, now you say books. Books are great, but you mentioned items, not just books, because books are just the beginning. You got you're like the media center, right? Yes. Yeah, we've got um, DVDs, audiobooks, and CDs. Um, and like I said, we have these wonderful kits. We have several different collections. Um, one is called Vitality Kits. That's meant for um, older adults and their caregivers. We have a, an accessibility services collection, which a kit collection, which is meant for um, people who are somewhere on the autism spectrum or maybe um, just have some different needs uh, for those people and their caregivers. Um, we have STEM kits, like I mentioned, all kinds of things. Libraries are really veering into a library of things. And so we're always looking to expand the collections of things that we offer our, our public. Now, you, you've used the word kits. What, what exactly is a kit? 
it's a a bag or a box and it includes maybe a book, maybe a DVD, maybe both. And then something that's not a book or a DVD, like a special toy or a special adaptive device or a skeleton. A skeleton. You know, I've got, uh, you're, 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 you're tempting me. I, you know, like I said, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, we've got skeletons we got now. Uh, what about, about, uh, now internet, I mean, really, the idea of a library is the repository of books and things to come into. That that's old. Uh, it's connectivity. What uh, you know, internet research. What what do you have available for you know someone to come in and, and research in your library? Um, what do you connect to? Yeah, we connect to so many different services. Um, like you said, it, that is really uh, what people come here for is to be connected to these things. So um, of course we have free Wi-Fi around the building, but we have a lot of online databases and other research tools such as ancestry.com, which is a very, very popular, well-known genealogy tool. So if you're interested in researching the skeletons in your family tree, you can use Ancestry to, um, to do that. Um, newspapers, um, any all kinds of um, scholastic research. Uh, we even have online resources that will help you learn different things. We have lynda.com, I guess it's called LinkedIn Learning now, which you can take a multitude of different kinds of classes on technology, on um, soft skills, all kinds of things. Uh, we also have Gale courses. We have a really fun item called Creative Bug, which if you're interested in doing arts and crafts, you can get tutorials through that. So all kinds of things. Yeah, well, most of the skeletons I have are in, the, in my closet anyway. So, you know, what uh, the, the idea that you can go and research, uh, can you check out the, the collections and really other light like you could go to the New York go to New York you could, could you go to get go to Paris or, or any and can you go all over the world and look at collections and books and items um yeah it, it, it all depends on that library and what they have digitized and made available to the public um, but I know that many libraries do that. We in fact have a digital archive. We have been, along with the Baldwin Public Library, um, we have been digitizing the Birmingham Eccentric. So we have that available online all the way back to its beginning in the 1800s up to, I think we've gotten up to about the 1960s. And we're always working with our local historical society to the Bloomfield Historical Society to find and capture unique items related to the history of Bloomfield Township and the area. And we digitize those too. So there's a whole wealth of historical items you can find. And I haven't even mentioned streaming. Oh, yes, do. You can stream audiobooks, you can stream eBooks, you can stream movies, TV shows, music. Um, we have several pl different platforms that allow you to stream all that content um, that you might be already paying for with Netflix or Hulu or Amazon. You can get that for free from the library. Yes. Now, when you when you digitize the eccentric up into the 1980s, you can then they can start reading the stuff I wrote back then. That's uh, right. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, I didn't keep everything that I wrote. I kept lots of stuff, but I don't know that I kept everything from the eccentric. So that'd be good. Uh, now, you're you're also not just a repository of media stuff. You're a community resource. Uh, you have meeting rooms, you have all kinds of places to, you know, stuff. Students who want to study can come there. How do you meet that role? 
Yeah, we meet that role in a couple of different ways. The meeting rooms, which I've mentioned already, that we have for rent on our lower level, um, those are open to Bloomfield Township residents and businesses that want to use them. Um, and then we have 17 study rooms that are available to Bloomfield Township residents. Those are on our main floor. And those are first come, first serve. They have a two-hour time limit when people are waiting. And there's a variety of sizes. There's um, smaller rooms for one or two people and then larger rooms that might sit up to about six. And those are extremely popular. They're always full. I know you have a coffee shop. Well, we have vending machines, yes. And a vending cafe where it, it's another place where you can sit and, and talk. And um, right before the pandemic started, we developed our commons area, which we're now happy to see in full swing. But that's got 70 additional chairs and different places to sit and study um, that just uh, accented the library greatly and provides a really nice space for people to collaborate and talk. But then there's also some space for people to be quiet. Um, but if I know a lot of people like to have a little bit of activity around them while they study. And if, they, if you're that kind of person, we've got a great place for you there in the commons. Now, my problem is if I have activity when I'm studying, I don't study, but that's it's it's individual. So it's not just the old, you know, Mary and the librarian going, Shh, you know, that that's that's old. Uh, uh, do you have a do you have a 3D printer? We do not have a 3D printer, no. Birmingham has one, and I keep thinking, yeah, and I keep thinking I'd like to print something up, but then learn how to use it, and I can never find anything I want to print up. But, uh, uh, but, but when we had uh, Doug Koshik when he was the uh, Birmingham uh, library director on the cable show, once he brought in this little bust of Darth Vader that they'd made, and he was just going to show it to him, and I said, "This is so cool! How much? How much is it?" He's, "Well, it's, it's not. No, no, don't tell. What, what would you charge for something like this?" five dollars i pulled out my wallet here i'm keeping it so um uh, so i still have that uh, the idea that the library is a community not just a uh, you know community resource people can come uh and it's open uh ha having that closed during covid was was bad but you really have, have kind of brought that back what have you done post covid differently than you did before oh that's a good question um I would say our programming has shifted quite a bit. We're doing, um, we're still doing some hybrid, meaning virtual slash um, in-person things. We still do a virtual PJ story time, um, which is meant for um, like kind of a wind down at the end of the day, a very calming story time. So there are some, and outdoor story times, we're still doing those. So there are definitely some things that we started doing during the pandemic that are sticking around. So PJ, um, PJ story time, that wouldn't be like reading the books of PJ O'Rourke. No, no, it would not. <laughs> PJ as in put on your pajamas, settle in and hear a story time. Very nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, they didn't I didn't think it was Peach. Uh, but he's, he's the only writer I know that's that goes by that we used to go by PJ and he's passed yeah. away right now. Uh, actually, I interviewed him once. He's a nice guy. What about uh, so you bringing the community in and what do you you know, well, you know what I was going to ask about seniors, but we're going to run out of time. What are you doing for, you know, seniors? Um, well, many things. I mean, our adult services department um, plans programming for folks who are 18 um, 
and higher, no limit. So all of the programming that happens there is directed at adults. One thing I do want to mention that we have coming up that we're really excited about is an adult spelling bee. So this is a spelling bee for those who are 18 and older, um, and it'll work just like the Scripps spelling bee. Um, Bloomfield Township residents can register to sign up and be a contestant. Um, the spelling bee happens May 10th, and they will be asked a word and, and asked to spell it. If they spell it, they keep moving on. If they miss it, then they are asked to sit down. So we've got that coming up, and this is something we've never done before, and we're really excited about it. Well, you've got a lot of community events, and I think I think we'll take that after the talk about that after the break. But a, a spelling bee, uh, I'm I was terrible at that because I was terrible about spelling. But uh, I think that that's uh, that's it's good. It, nowadays, I think it would be a wordle bee, wouldn't it? You'd have yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, yes. Uh, in fact, um, it, it, Alice and I and my wife, we we will generally do it in the morning, and I think we got it in four. So nice. <laughs> Better than it can't get it at all. Uh, do you have a you have like a big like a like maybe like a wordle group or something that uh, would be a, a, some kind of thing to think about? Well, the idea that the library has opened its doors and is open to the public is really a really a wonderful thing. Uh, I'm sure everybody missed it. Yes, everybody did. Um, I remember the first day we opened up to do curbside service after the long closure of those three months, and we had a line around our parking lot and down Timberlake Drive. So people definitely missed the library, and they're back. It's good. Not just it's the students are, are there too. It's become the center again. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll be coming up on final exam time in a couple of weeks, and I'm sure it's going to be jam-packed here. Um, we've even had to open up, even though we have these 70 new spots for people to sit, we had to open up overflow in our lower level and our community room during the midterm. So people are definitely back. Well, that's good. Well, we're going to be taking, we're, we're going to be coming back, but before we come back, we have to take a break, which is what we're going to do right now. We're talking to Tara Moon, who is the director of the Bloomfield Township Library. I'm Chuck Moss. Don't go away. We'll be right back here on Eye on Oakland. Welcome back to Eye on Oakland. I'm Chuck Moss, your host, coming here through the magic of a stream yard, a Zoom derivative. We have a great guest. We're talking with Tara Moon, who's the director of the Bloomfield Township Library. All the good stuff they're doing. Uh, we do this show via Zoom uh, virtually. Uh, do you guys do a lot of stuff virtually, or has that kind of gone away with the, with the virus, uh, with the pandemic? It's kind of gone away. Uh, you know, it definitely bridged a gap during a time when we couldn't all be together. But what we heard from our patrons and what we've seen is that people definitely prefer to be together. In fact, when we did, um, we conducted a strategic plan survey, oh gosh, about eight months ago now. And um, that came through loud and clear that people were just hankering to be back together and connect over different topics and things. Community. Yep. Yeah, yep. I think I think we've had enough of uh, isolation. Uh, good, good. Uh, you, know, you know, just a quick uh, side. You mentioned the strategic plan. Do you have a strategic plan you're working on right now? 
Yeah, we just um, approved it at the beginning of this year. Our Library Board of Trustees approved it. Um, so we've got some very lofty goals around um, enhancing all the things that we already do great, like our collections and our services, around bringing the community together. That is one of our major goals that we'll be working on. And then we want to take a look inward and work on our processes and procedures and the way that we work together uh, with a heavy focus on making diversity, equity, and inclusion um, values of ours. Now, good. The more, the more inclusive, the better. Now, so... Uh, uh, Facilities wise, I mean, you you just look, it looks fabulous. It doesn't look like it needs a, a, a big uh, you know, facelift or anything. Are you looking at any, any uh, physical improvements? Yes, we have a couple of spaces around the library that are underutilized or have just sort of, you know, as people have changed and the way they use libraries change, these spaces have just become um, sort of passe and they desperately need some kind of re. re reviving. Um, I can talk about our computer lab is a space where we we feel like we need something a little different there. We have a, a space in the um, by the terrace, one of our adult services terraces. It used to be our business and investing area. And, you know, back in the day when we had, you know, Value Line and Morningstar and all these newspapers and things that were physical, all those things have moved to online. Now that space is um, empty and needs something. And then we have some spaces in our youth department too that just um, just need something different. They just need to be revived and rethought. And then of course, we're always looking to see if we could add in a maker space, which would include that 3D printer you were talking about, uh, or maybe um, some kind of um, library of things. So we've got lots of spaces in the library that need attention. Well, yeah, it's sort of like at Myers when they took out all the all the old video games. We're not going to line up to play Pac-Man anymore. Uh, you know, <laughs> darn. I, I I was I used to love to I would I would play this robot game called Berserk, but we're talking 40 years ago. So yeah. It's yeah, uh the, my daughters thought that was that was funny when they were little. So yeah the I just kind of like to see because the Bloomfield Township Library is always, you know, it's it's, it's a very physically beautiful uh, facility. But uh, one thing you do have, of course, is a lot of space for community events. And I see a list of a lot of them. Uh, what is Back to Basics? Back to Basics is happening tonight, actually. It's a a workshop on canning, using canning as a way to preserve the vegetables that you grow in your garden. Um, that's happening with the I think we have a presenter from the MSU Extension, um, and right. that's happening tonight. Well, tonight this is uh, will probably be after we air. So, uh, uh, but you will you do it again? Um, if it's popular and we get demand for it, sure. Good. Well, so now another one. You're talking about something called the Michigan Lion Dance. What's that? Yeah, that is a way of celebrating Asian American Pacific Islander Month. Um, and oh my gosh, did I put the date down for that? Chuck? Uh, yeah, that would be what? Uh, 22nd, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So that's a Saturday morning. Of April. April. Yep. So this weekend, a Saturday morning program. Um, and we'll have the Michigan Lion Dance crew out here to do a lion dance around the library and also um, some crafts and some other fun cultural ed educational things. Well, good. I, I would love to see someone do a lion dance that could maybe um, 
help the lions, but, uh, you know, I hope they're not just wearing Honolulu blue, uh, you're sad, but, uh, you know, maybe we, uh, I would, I would, uh, like to do those kind of programs. You do a lot of the uh, cross-cultural multicultural program and this area has become very multicultural. We have so many different uh, groups of people now. Uh, I would bring, bring those in and, uh, kind of showcase those cultural, uh, cultural items. We definitely do. One of our core values is to lift up all voices. Um, and that is what we try to do with our cultural programming. So we're always looking for um, different stories, voices, people to highlight and um, share with the community. Well, I know because there, there are there are certainly no lack of uh, cultures represented in this area now, which mm-hmm. is really wonderful. Um, uh, there's maybe one culture we could add to the Irish, that's me, you know, you hear enough of those. Uh, what are the maybe Celtic dance? Do you get Celtic dancers, uh, Celtic classes, anything like that? You know, I feel like we did have um, something with a Celtic theme recently, but it's escaping my memory. St. Patrick's Day. No, that's, uh, yeah, no, you probably shouldn't have that going on there. Uh, but uh, we have, we have Dick O'Dowd's uh, is our Celtic cultural center in Birmingham. Uh, summer reading kickoff. What do you do in the summer reading? Yeah, so um, one of our another one of our missions is to encourage reading all year round, and this is targeted towards um, students, but also we want to encourage adults to read in the summer as well. Um, but we recognize that um, to avoid that summer slide in terms of um, you know losing some of the scholastic gains that a student has made over the school year, we encourage students to read with our summer reading program. It's an incentive-based program. There are prizes involved. We have um, special programming all summer long. Um, uh, kids can sign up and adults can sign up online. There will be all kinds of details about that in a couple of weeks. The kickoff is June 20th, so we've got a few weeks before that starts, but I did want to put in a plug for that in case people are looking for something to inspire them to read over the summer well when i was you know that's all i did all summer was read basically uh so yeah that's uh, summer summer reading and books uh, i know when our, our daughters were younger they would get lists of books from the school that they would you know to keep them reading keep them engaged for yep. for me it would actually have been been mathematics i should have been doing all summer reading i was good at i think that uh but uh that's some good stuff now what is the great lakes chamber music festival yeah, so the Great Lakes Chamber Music Festival is um, an outside group. It's a Detroit-based group that plans chamber music concerts and um different kind of programming around the uh, Metro Detroit area. And they partnered with us last summer on a really wonderful program and wanted to come back again. Um, We have a four-part series and it's happening in June. Um, I don't have the dates off the top of my head, but you can definitely check our website for that. Um, And it's just some very interesting and interactive programming too. So this isn't just you show up and listen to some chamber music. There's gonna be some interaction between the audience and the musicians and they have just some really interesting things planned so i i really hope everybody can take part in that so i love i like chamber music uh i'm confession i'm a, a big fan of the opera you should see about uh you know maybe doing something with mot excuse me it's not mot anymore it's detroit opera it used to be michigan opera theater yeah. uh, i think i was down there last night at a spanish civil war it was actually fabulous uh, now i'm just a question if you've got uh, a wish list of things you know with community things you could do what would that be oh man um yeah. well i think 
do you mean like programming? Yeah, I mean the library is uh, Bloomfield Township Library always strikes me as uh, as uh, something that's operating at all eight cylinders or for however many cylinders you want to have now, providing we still use cylinders, uh, maybe at all full voltage, whatever they uh, would be. Uh, so horsepower. What uh, what what do you see the library the role um, changing the altering or kind of staying the same? What do you see? Well, I think I would touch back on those items that I talked about with our building. Um, we, as you said, we are very lucky to have a very, very large library. We have a lot of space here, but making those spaces mean something to people and make them, um, you know, relevant to what they want to do is always a challenge and something that's always evolving. So if I had a wish list for anything, it would be, um, I mean, I wish that I had all the time in the world to devote to thinking about those spaces. And then, of course, all the money in the world to buy like amazing furniture um, and just make those spaces really, really relevant to people. As you said, people, the way people use the library is different. It used to be that people would maybe come in, talk to a librarian, take some books and go home, or maybe work on a report here. But now we have um, folks who come in and um, we're their, their office for their business, or um, they're meeting with a tutor, or they're meeting with um, uh, an attorney or something. I mean, we have people who do all kinds of different meetings here. And so we want to provide spaces for people to do that. Um, and bring in library resources when they're needed as well. So I think spaces, building spaces would be the thing that I'm really, really anxious to get to and really want to do a great job on. I know that, uh, you know, in the in various uh, offices and things, I always had had meetings at the Bloomfield Township Library. That was always a handy place. It was either there or Leo's Coney Island. <laughs> and after I gained too much weight, it was sort of like, I love Leo's, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no pressure here. You don't have to buy anything. No, no, I don't have to have Coney Dog, which is too bad because I like I like Coney Dogs. Uh, but uh, so, you know, you're the idea of uh, you know being uh, that kind of a resource and be that kind of a place where everybody can come is is uh, valuable. Uh, I was actually kind of touched on the idea. I don't think you have much of a problem connecting with the younger people and the students. Uh, how about seniors? Do you work with um, you know Bloomfield seniors or any of those uh, any of those groups? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. You did ask about that. Um, yes, we are close friends with the Bloomfield Township Senior Center. Um, and our staff sometimes pop up over there and their staff come over here. We definitely refer um, our patrons back and forth to each other. We have a great relationship with them. And then, like I said, all of our adult programming is open to seniors. And we do try to pick um, topics that would relate definitely to older adults. We have, um, for instance, an identification theft um, class coming up, not teaching you how to do it, but teaching you how to be avoid being a victim of identity theft. Um, so yeah, that's that means you have to, you know, learn how to do it. I <laughs> right. Of course, maybe if you learn how to do it, you would learn how to protect yourself. But, mm. um, and then, um, I lost my train of thought, but we're talking about programming uh, of interest to seniors for seniors. Yeah. We're again, we're always looking for ways to connect seniors to um, the resources that they want. And technology is a huge part of that. So we have one-on-one um, -on -one assistance that's offered. If somebody needs a little extra help using their smartphone or using their laptop um, because so many of our 
um, ways that we offer content is streaming now. Uh, it's really important to, for people to be able to use apps like Libby and Canopy and Hoopla. Um, all of these are things that are, provide that great streaming content, but you know there is a little bit of work involved in, in figuring them out. So we wanna help people with that. Libby and Canopy and Hoopla, you have now gone beyond my level of, of understanding. That's uh, okay, Chuck. We're here for you. Come anytime and we'll explain about it. That'll be you. good. Yeah, here and I was up to, because I was one of the early adopters too. Well, this has really been a, a wonderful uh, session here. How about anybody? You, you always have a lot of volunteers. Uh, how would you get involved if somebody wanted to volunteer? Thank you. That was actually the other thing I was going to talk about is our Friends of the Library. Um, our Friends of the Library is a group of people that are dedicated to supporting the library, mostly through financial means, but they're also kind of an ambassador group for us. They know a little bit more about library operations than um, your regular person. 